Genre. Welcome back to The Doctor's Companion, the weekly podcast we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And uh, Nick is is uh, with us in our hearts, but not here physically. Um, uh, <laughs> technical difficulties yeah. have, uh, yeah, have, have forced him to sit this week out. Um, but uh, fingers crossed he'll be back next week and we'll start that episode with his thoughts on this episode um, uh, before we, we get into uh, the Eaters of Light uh, next week. But uh, today we are here to talk about The Empress of Mars, uh, which is the ninth episode of Series 10, written by Mark Gatiss, directed by Wayne Yip. Uh, this is the return of the Ice Warriors um, set on their home planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, before we get into uh, the nitty gritty of the episode, um, I do want to say that there, there was uh, a little bit of news this week, uh, which was uh, further confirmation that that Capaldi is absolutely regenerating in the Christmas special. Okay. Um, which was always kind of assumed, but not uh, outwardly put out there in the world because I, I assume they wanted to, uh, pretend that he was going to regenerate this season because of the teaser that they put out. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's definitely going to happen in the Christmas special. Um, Chris Chibnall, uh, has announced that, uh, he, he's been talking about how he's looking for the next doctor. Um, and that's been his primary focus as well as sort of like outlining the season. Uh, and he says that he's going to really shake the boat when he comes on the show. Uh, he's going to shake up the way that the show is structured, um, everything about it. Like it's entirely possible that uh, his version of Doctor Who will be one story each season. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting how that works out because we don't. We don't have a lot of good memories of that sort of thing happening in the past in Doctor Who. Um, um, I like Trial of a Time Lord. I like it okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not crazy about Key to Time, or at least not oh, most of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and then there's that like Infinity Part Doctor or Dalek Master Plan thing um, that just is like 27 years to watch um but uh <laughs> yeah um but uh i i you know i don't know i i'm i'm interested i mean i love broadchurch uh so if he can bring that structure to doctor who i'd certainly be interested to see what that looks like on this show 
Um, cause even all of the examples we talked about other than Dalek master plan, which is legit one story told over like 12 or 13 parts, something like that. Yeah. Um, other than Dalek master plan, uh, key to time and trial of a time Lord are one overarching story told with many stories inside of the larger story, uh, which isn't entirely different from what they what they did with like season five and the crack in the wall or um all of the other like overarching like bad wolf and torchwood and stuff in uh previous seasons so if he's really going to shake it up he would have to do something really different where it's legitimately one story told over 13 episodes or 12 episodes or however it's gonna be um but the uh, the other the other thing is that um, it will not be premiering until uh, fall of next year. Dang it! So we got a long wait Aww. again. So we'll probably get through two or three or four or five or six rounds of uh, long way around <laughs> um, <laughs> before we get to another new <laughs> season of show. I just um, hope that. That because he's doing the overarching story, that doesn't cut the episodes in half. Because isn't like a UK season usually like six or seven episodes, maybe eight instead of 13? Right. Yeah. So I hope yeah. that he doesn't cut it back to save the integrity of the story. Which I would understand, but at the same time, I don't want to wait like over a year for like six episodes of Doctor Who. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely agree with that. I think Broadchurch is 10. I could handle 10 mm. Um, as far as, like, cutting it down, especially if it's just telling one story. Because the first time that they do this, I mean, it's going to feel like it's just this never-ending thing. Right. Um, it, it, It's, it's going to feel obnoxiously long because we're not used to it, you know? Well, um, I mean, like... So uh, I, I, I think... Because I think with American American TV is more used to that than than I don't know. Because like Game of Thrones is like one overarching story over the season, right? But but what I mean, I mean it from the I don't mean it from the perspective of like all of television. I mean mm -hmm. it more from the perspective of Doctor Who itself, oh, okay. which is like we know what Doctor Who feels like, yeah. You know, and we're very familiar with with its its ins and outs and. The idea of a 10 part story um, feels weird. Like I, I and I think it will feel weird when we're watching it the first time until we sort of like get used to it, you know. Um, so that's all I'm saying. But uh, like war games. yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. war games. 10 parts? Uh, oh, right. Yeah. War games is 10 parts. That's another really long one. Not a season long one. No. Like those other examples, but uh, still pretty long. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So, you know, I am uh, I, I am trepidatious uh, of the Chibnall era, mm. um, but I am certainly interested to see what it what it ends up being, I think. Um, I am I am very much looking forward to judging him harshly as a showrunner based on who he casts as the doctor. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, 
I, you know what else I would really like them to start doing? I, I think it would be smart uh, mm. is to, if they're going to do, I mean, I personally, I think Capaldi should have regenerated at the end of the season so that the, the so that the, the regenerate, yeah, is the, is the first story of the new doctor. Yeah. Um, because I, I really, I, I, I think I prefer the, the feeling of the first story of a doctor being its own entity outside of the season so that when you get to the season, you hit the ground running. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, cause, cause like deep breath, the 11th hour, like those stories feel like they're in and of themselves, even though they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that they, I, I, yeah, I don't know. But um, the the only new doctor that they've done that with is Tennant, right? Right. Yeah, but I really like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really like that, and I want them to do that more. Um, and, and and not necessarily like it wouldn't even need to be like how cool would it be if they do uh, the Christmas special and then they do like an Easter special. That's the first story of the new doctor. And then they come back in the autumn with a full series. That'd be sick. That'd be awesome. Right. Yeah. I would love that. Um, anyway, it'd be a really cool way to keep the, keep doctor who alive too mm-hmm. during that time. Um, anyway. All right. So let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the Empress of Mars. Um, I'm curious about how you feel about this. <laughs> Uh, cause I know you have a complicated relationship with the ice warriors. Um, <laughs> I, um, well, I'll get to how I feel about it, uh, after you talk about it. Okay. So go ahead. Um, I wish that they would let anyone but Mark Gatiss write ice warriors. Uh, because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, I, this kind of really cemented that I don't really care about Mark Gatiss as a writer. Um, and it was kind of mediocre. Like, I didn't really care about anybody in this episode except for the Doctor and Bill. Um, and that's really unfortunate because the Ice Warriors are really cool and really silly. And I did like the Easter egg at the very end, but that's about it. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Um, so I have, uh, I mean, I have, I have a similar feeling about Mark Gatiss as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my mind might even be harsher. Like I, I tend to really not like him. Like I was, I was like praying to the doctor who gods that he, they weren't going to give the show to him. Uh, right. Cause that's a, ver- that's a version of doctor who that I have absolutely no interest in. Right. Um, and, you know, typically his episodes tend to run the gamut between uh, mediocre and straight up bad. <laughs> uh, so I was uh, trepidatious, to say the least, of this episode. Yeah. Um, I, however, for me, I, I, I think this is my favorite Mark Gatiss story. Really? Um, yeah. Like by a country mile. Uh, it feels like classic who to me in a way that I haven't really felt since mm, vampires of Venice. Mm. Um, it, it just, 
I, I just really liked the vibe of this. And I think that if you're going to have Mark Gatiss write a Doctor Who story, his best ones are always the ones set in the 1800s, like in the in the Victorian era. Yeah. Um, you know, like the, you think of, uh, you know, I, I think it was our last round of uh, Long Way Round. Uh, we talked about um, the... Uh, I keep wanting to call it the Christmas Carol story, but that's a that there is a Christmas Carol Doctor <laughs> Who, and it's different. Um, the the but the yeah the uh, Unquiet Dead and how I remembered not liking it, and then I really ended up loving it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those two Margaret's stories are my favorite. Is uh, Unquiet Dead and this one? Yeah, uh, and they have something in common, uh, which is they're Victorian era, and I think he writes Victorian era characters really well. I I don't think that I, I i mean you don't care about these guys um but i don't know that you're really supposed to other than maybe the the coward mm. uh but i don't think that you're really supposed to care about him as so much as sort of feel for him in that you're like yeah you're you're a bad person just like everybody else in this story <laughs> but but like i can empathize empathize with you like i understand uh, where you're coming from with all of this, but yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's something about the way he writes Victorian men um, that I really enjoy uh, because he just writes them so hoity toity, like full of themselves in a way that I, I really hate, but love to hate, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I just think it's a lot of fun. And just the idea of, of Victorian British Victorian soldiers being on Mars is just such a weird doctor who idea, mm -hmm. uh, that I, I really love that being said, uh, the teaser is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in doctor who. <laughs> Let's like go hang the out teaser, <laughs> yeah, just for no reason whatsoever. Like they're just there. Um, yeah, no, I, I, that was really stupid, especially considering like they're hanging out in NASA, but NASA's American and right. this is a very British story. So nothing about that, that teaser made apps, it made absolutely <laughs> no sense whatsoever. I kind of wish that the previous story had ended with them in NASA and you got a teaser for the next episode like that. Right. Um, and then the cold open was something else entirely. Uh, because that would make more sense. It really felt like we were coming in at the tail end of a NASA story and got a teaser for the next episode. It didn't feel like a cold open to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I really, I really liked this a lot. I thought this was a lot of fun and I liked, um, it was a bit of a, of a repetition to the, uh, you know, I am your soldier. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think it was done better, better, betterly, really, really me, <laughs> really brain. Um, I think it was done better here uh, than it was there. So I didn't mind him reusing it because uh, I was I was much more interested in an ice warrior doing that legitimately than I was with a Dalek tricking people. Mm hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I really, really had a lot of fun watching this. I think um, I think so, part of my I don't know part of my distaste for Mark Gatiss, um 
did you see that that anecdote that was on like an article or something that was talking about how he got really upset that they cast a um a black actor for one of uh Victoria's soldiers and then he like threw a big fit about it and he emailed somebody and then he only relented because he like found historical documents that proved that there were black soldiers in the army at this at like in the 1800s. I had not seen that. Yeah. Um and so I think that like part of the big old hissy fit about like oh well they're just trying to be PC or whatever um kind of tipped the scales for me but cuz I read that before I'd watched this. Um Uh-oh. So and it it wasn't even a big deal like that the character was like a featured like supporting guest actor but like he i don't know he ended up dying mm-hmm. anyway so that sucks well it, <laughs> it, i mean here's the thing like I, I, it's a stupid argument mark Gatiss, because you at no point in this story did you make any of them reference the fact that bill was black and if you're not going to do that right then it it entirely makes sense that there's a black soldier because then it doesn't matter. Then it doesn't matter. So in fact, casting a black soldier made your script better. Yeah. So go to hell. Yeah. He was just like, Oh, well, I don't know. Just dumb. Um, and I think I'm kind of over, like, I understand that the Victorian era was like the height of the British empire, but I think I'm kind Mm -hmm. of over, the overbearing um, British soldier, like imperialistic, whatever thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that you're not supposed to sympathize with them because that's the mm-hmm. point, but mm-hmm. it's really like, I'm tired of it. Um, yeah. I, and I, and I totally understand that perspective, mm-hmm. but um, for whatever reason, I just had a lot of fun with the doctor sort of playing uh, negotiator mm-hmm. in this. I thought it was, it was just like there was, it just felt like such classic who where the doctor is only involved in so much as he's trying to convince both sides not right. to do anything. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I really liked that. Like it just felt so quintessential doctor who to me mm-hmm. that the repetition of certain things didn't bother me um as much because i i was just having such a good time living in that world mm-hmm. and then and then yeah and then we had like two really great easter eggs in this we had the the really fun easter egg of the of the picture of the actress who played victoria yeah. in uh, in that story being Victoria in the picture, which I just loved that. That was so fun. Uh, and then of course, you know, the really great, Oh uh, my God. The Alpha Centauri was in this. I love Alpha Centauri so much. I know I was watching this and I was like, Oh my God, why isn't Nick here? Um, <laughs> Because he's just gonna, he would just lose his mind over this. Because he has no idea what Alpha Centauri is, but it's exactly the kind of thing that he loves. Yeah. Um, just a high pitched, stupid looking alien. <laughs> um, <laughs> he loves it. I and think- they didn't. And he was just. It was. They just did the puppet thing again. Yeah. Like they didn't even update him. <laughs> oh, so good. Anyway. I I I think that um, the Ice Warriors. 
I don't I don't know. I'm like even questioning whether I like the Ice Warriors or not because like I feel like the Ice Warriors work best in a story like Curse of Peladin where uh-huh. they're not the main focus. They're just kind of there. Like it's like the Hulk. Like don't give the Hulk a movie. Give the Hulk like a guest role in someone else's movie. Uh-huh. Um So like every every time we kind of revisit the Ice Warriors and it's just about them, it kind of mm-hmm. falls flat cuz I mean, they're just big lizard people that live on Mars. Like, they're not, they're they're cool, but they're not like super like that cool, you know? Yeah, I like them because I, they're really this, silly. Right. Yeah. Uh, this story in particular reminded me of um, uh, Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah. Uh, there was, I think, there was a lot. I, that you can compare the two stories to uh not to say that it's necessarily at the quality level of two of the cyber right, yeah. but but the, but there was definitely i mean when she's waking up when the empress is waking up all of the uh ice warriors mm-hmm. from their little the their little, little like their little pods and it was just like surrounded in this yeah. cave wall i was like oh tomb of the cybermen i see yeah um which i feel like it kind of suffers from comparison because tomb of the cybermen is just incredible Right. And this is just right. like, eh, you know, <laughs> yeah. coattails and all. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I really, um, I really had a lot of fun with this. And I, I did love that it ended up being a prequel to Curse of Paladin. Um, I think that's, I think that was a really smart way to end this. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, it was not done well for anyone but people like you and me. <laughs> yeah. Like if if Nick was watching this, he'd be like, "I love that thing, but I have no idea what the hell just happened." Because <laughs> it it does not make that moment does not make apologies uh, no, at all. It's just you know a one eyed, high pitched squealing phallic alien, <laughs> and I love it yeah. so much. <laughs> oh God, it's so good. Um. Yeah, no, I, I I love that it was a callback to a third Doctor story, just mm-hmm. in general. But uh, yeah, big <laughs> big fan, big fan. Really, really loved that moment. Um, I I I don't know. I uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, there's not a lot to it, so it's difficult to really like get into it. Um, because it is, I mean, it's a very kind of simple story. Uh, but I just, you know, it's it's kind of Tomb of the Cybermen. It's sort of the mummy. Yeah. Uh, it's I the fact that this came out the same weekend of, as the mummy remake makes me laugh. <laughs> um, it's like they did it on purpose. I mean, I'm sure this uh, is better than that. Uh, but yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> what What did you think of uh, of the Empress? Um, I thought that it was a really cool idea, uh, and I liked the moment that she, like, calls out Bill, um, because uh-huh. that, like, involves Bill a little more. Um, I'm not quite sure why she needed the, the boobs, um. Oh, did she have boobs? I didn't she even She had, like, that. the little, it, they weren't, like, super, super noticeable, but they were, they were there. Um, oh. I'm not quite sure why she needed boobs in her armor, because they're lizards and they don't have boobs. Um. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know, uh, but I, yeah. I, I like the design of her. Um, and I thought, yeah. except for the the armor, and except for the boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't give lizards boobs. They don't they don't mm-hmm. feed their young with milk. Um, but no, I like the idea, and I think that it is interesting because we haven't seen uh, a um, a female uh, ice warrior before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of makes sense that she's like the queen because she's like the the brood mother or whatever she is. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the actor who played, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, oh yeah. The guy who played the, 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 the coward, mm-hmm. um, the Colonel, uh, did you know that he's, he was Charles in the visitation? What? Yeah. What? That is Anthony Caff, uh, Charles from the visitation. Are you serious? I want to watch the visitation now. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's. I, I'm pretty sure it's our next fifth Doctor story. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's him. I guess this episode succeeded in me just loving classic humor. Because uh, <laughs> now I just want to watch Curse of Peladin and the Visitation. I know um, we got a while for 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 Curse of Peladin, but oh. whatever. Um. Yeah, it's uh, I I just man, I uh, I just have a really fun time, and yeah, I loved the Empress. I liked that. <laughs> I like that her helmet um is like it it basically gives her like uh like a hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Like she it looks like it looks like she has like like the like shoulder length hair that like is flipped up, flipped forward. You know, like yeah. it's it's uh it's pretty cool. I. I I did. I really liked uh, her helmet design and and the way her like face and everything looked. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like in general how they've interpreted the uh, Ice Warriors in the new show, mm-hmm. um, especially here because they're not coming out of their armor like they were in that stupid Cold War episode. <laughs> um, uh, what a waste of David Warner! Can we talk about that again? I know, um, right? <laughs> Oh my God! You get David Warner on Doctor Who, and that's what you do. Come on. Yes. Um. Anyway, uh, I, 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 I really, I, I think that this episode works as works really well as Mark Gatiss's final Doctor Who story. Um, oh, is it his like last one ever? I am assuming because I don't think he'll be back in the Chibnall area. Area era, um, I I I don't think he'll be back. I I mean if 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 uh, if Chibnall's smart, he will start from scratch, mm-hmm. basically, um, and and only bring back really new writers. Like don't bring back Gatiss. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been on the show since literally series one. Yeah, uh, that's too long. Like big finish stuff, which I'm also right. not a fan. Uh, right yeah (laughs) absolutely this also uh, this this simultaneously did feel like classic who and big finish this feels like such a big finish story Mm. uh like i can i can hear this in audio perfectly i feel like this would be so much better as an eighth doctor story Ooh, yes uh well because victorian era yeah victorian doctor yeah I love Capaldi, yeah. but I don't know if this felt like a Capaldi story. It definitely didn't. It definitely didn't. This really felt like a a long lost Russell T Davies era story. Yeah. 
it, it's um, it's I think it's also jarring for me because like we are coming off of this like really interesting nuanced like season that they're doing interesting things with Capaldi and the different characters and stuff and then we have just like Ice Warriors stomping around with Victorian soldiers so mm-hmm. I don't know I really wanted to see the ship they came in on yeah we never saw it and that kind of bummed me out uh, but you know, I guess save money where you can, Right. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I wanted to see there, I wanted to see what an ice warrior ship looked like. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's it. I, oh, oh my God. Okay. We do. One thing I do need to talk about is <laughs> the soldier just going into the throne room and just ripping off the Chris. <laughs> Ripping off the jewels. Like, you don't even know what those are. How do you know they're going to be worth anything, you idiot? Right? Oh, man. Um. Anyway. Oh, um. I like that we maybe get set up for potential master stuff. Maybe? Oh, yeah. That was confusing. Uh, but I, I, I liked... Uh, yeah, I, I, I liked the master running the TARDIS and, and the whole thing, but it was like it was very interesting relationship that they showed at the end. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know what that, like that felt, it felt weird, but in, in a weird and like a good way mm-hmm. where I'm like, what is, what's this going to be? Um, I don't know. Oh, that's another thing I didn't like about this episode because I hate it when companions fly the TARDIS. Yeah, this is I like know. Every- I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking of you when that was happening. I was like, no. And then when he couldn't make it work, I was like, oh, well, Cassandra probably likes that. Yeah, but I don't know why it's not working. So maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe it'll yeah. be solved next time. But maybe. Um. Yeah. I I like this. I I I had a good time. Uh, uh you know, it's not the kind of thing that I want all the time. Yeah. But as a one-off story, I mean, look, it could be worse. It could have been two parts. That's true. <laughs> uh, uh remember like remember every the Silurian two part. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That's Silurian two-parter, man. Ugh. Awful. Um Anyway, all right. Empress of Mars. I give it a thumbs up. You give it a thumbs sideways. I give it a eh, whatever. Eh, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so we'll be back next week uh, to talk about uh, the Eaters of Light um, and the return of, uh, of a classic Who writer. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, although I will say this, that trailer did nothing for me. I'm not entirely sure what is supposed to be happening. Yeah, that was part of my problem. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and after the ending of this with, with the master in the TARDIS and the whole, like, I was like kind of hoping for that. Yeah next week and then they show the trailer and i'm like oh that's this just looks like an episode Mm -hmm. weird uh so i don't know we'll see uh anyway so that's that's coming up next week 
Um, also, I, I feel like I need to remind people or or tell you. Maybe you don't know or whatever. But uh, we've been we did we finished class. Um, Thank on, God on our Patreon <laughs> reviews for our Patreon reviews. Uh, so if you, if you are a Patreon patron, uh, you can listen to all of our class reviews. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, maybe not watching the show, but, uh, talking about it was certainly fun. Um, so, uh, so go check that out, uh, duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, if we get more TDC support, we'll do more TDC related Patreon stuff. Um, you know, we've talked about maybe doing those, uh, uh, those Doctor Who movies. Um, oh, with, um, the, the Doctor Who, like DR. Yeah. D D yeah. Yeah. Um, with, uh, uh, what's his name? I was blanking on his name. Peter Cushing. Yes. Peter Cushing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the two Dalek movies, uh, we've, we've talked about doing those as Patreon exclusives. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, what would be fun. Oh my God. You know, what would be fun mm. to cover those movies in like almost like a movies by minute format, but like five minutes at a time <laughs> and, yep. and, and not watch them. Yes. So just watch five minutes. Cause all three of us haven't seen those, right? Right. We've never seen those movies. Oh my God. So watch them for the first time, five minutes at a time, and talk about <laughs> it on our Patreon. That would be so fun. Guys, I really want to do this. Become Patreon members. <laughs> Please. Oh, that would be so fun. Um, so uh so anyway, go uh go go check out our Patreon. Um, you know, it's not just for TDC, it's basically for all the stuff that the three of us are involved in. Um, and we've sort of <clears throat> we have we we have lots of uh dueling genre shows but we've sort of capped out uh who is involved in the patreon to basically the three of us that are on uh the mm -hmm. doctor's companion um so it's like it's you know everything that Cass, nick and myself are associated with um all of our bonus content is involved on the uh on the patreon so you get lord of the rings minute uh, bonus stuff, Back to the Future minute stuff, Spider Man minute stuff, and then uh, we just started doing um, uh, movie reviews. Uh, Cass and I did a Wonder Woman review. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And Geek uh, by and Night stuff. Yes, and Geek by Night stuff, of course. Um, so uh, so yeah, go check out uh, the Patreon. I mean, we really we try to post at least one piece of bonus content a week. Um, this past week we dropped like four things. Nice. In a row. We did our final class review. We did the Wonder Woman review. We did a Spider-Man Minute Weekend Bugle. Uh, and we did uh, Second Breakfast, yeah. the Lord of the Rings Minute uh, bonus content. So we did four things this week. Uh, and we only asked for, you know, five to five bucks, five bucks a month. So, you know. Five bucks. That's uh, uh, that doesn't even. That's like that's a little more than the price of like a frappuccino at Starbucks. Yeah. Um. That's like so, a single coffee. Yeah, <laughs> a single four, coffee. You get four podcasts. <laughs> oh my god! I was watching. So I'm watching Twin Peaks. This is so unrelated, but it's fine. <laughs> no one's listening at the. Everyone stopped listening at this point anyway. Aww. Um. <laughs> but uh, oh, they're talking about the Patreon. Delete. Um. <laughs> 
So uh, I was I was I've been watching Twin Peaks and uh, there's characters that work at a diner and find them at the diner. Not the new Twin Peaks, the old Twin Peaks. I'm not I'm not I haven't gotten to the new Twin Peaks yet, but there was a sign behind them at the diner that said coffee, five cents, free refills. And I was like, oh, oh, my God, to live in that day. (laughs) Wow. You would be dead. I would be dead. Yeah. That's like cheaper than buying coffee. Like, yeah. like buying it and making it yourself. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and like people, people are like coming into the diner and ordering coffee and then leaving. And I'm like, yeah, same. <laughs> like I wouldn't make coffee for myself ever again. Um, anyway. Uh, so <laughs> that is, uh, barely related to what we were talking about. Um, so, uh, yeah, so go check out the Patreon, please. Um, and get all that sweet, sweet bonus content. And, uh, you know what? I think I'll put up, I think I'll put up that, uh, that, uh, Dr. Who five minutes at a time thing. Um, I'll put that up as a goal nice. uh, so we can make it official, <clears throat> but, um, yeah. So, uh, so go check that out and, uh, you know, I don't think either of them listen to the show, but special thanks to our Patreon associate <laughs> producers, uh, Leaper 182 and Ed Foster. Thank you. Uh, and yes, absolutely. Uh, you make it all possible. Uh, it's insane. The money that they give us. Um, uh, but, uh, we will be back next week to talk about the eaters of light, hopefully with Nick again. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, bye everybody. Bye.